Thank you for listening to a message from the Bowden Church of Christ. For more information, visit www.bowdenchurchofchrist.com. That's www.bowdenchurchofchrist.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Bowden Church of Christ. We pray that this message is a blessing to you and helps you to serve God and find satisfaction in Him alone. And now, our speaker. Good morning, everyone. It is good to see every one of you here this morning. Begin by taking your Bibles and let's open them up to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to be reading a few verses out of 2 Peter chapter 1. As you're turning there, let me offer up just a few things uh, by way of introduction. First of all, I want to say a deep thanks to every gentleman who filled in my place last Sunday, especially on such short notice. I said on Wednesday night, and I'll reiterate this, I thought about in the front yard as everyone was pulling up buying a sign and putting it up there so as you pulled up, along the road and pulled into the driveway, you saw it that said, Home of the Bowden Pulpit Dodgers. Now, if you don't get that joke, you need to go back and watch Hunter's lesson from last Sunday, uh, and you'll get that real quick. I appreciate Hunter and Mike and Jerome for filling in for me on such short notice last week. 2 Peter chapter 1 will be the text of our lesson this morning. 2 Peter chapter 1. There are important moments in every person's life that we try to document. Many of you who have children probably at your home have the equivalent of what you would call a baby book. And in that baby book you may have a number of items. You may have written in there the time and the day a child was born. Some of you may have written in there their first words. First words they said as they were growing up. Some of you may have written in that book the first time they got a haircut. And I know that some families will take just a strand of hair and save that hair as a momentum of the first haircut that a child got. You know, one of the things that if you have one of those books, I guarantee is in there, is a documentation, maybe a picture, you could have a video saved somewhere, or the time and day that a child took their first steps. We try to document that as much as possible. When our children are getting close to taking their first steps, Morgan constantly, you got your phone? You got your phone? Get your phone ready. You got your phone? And we try to video when that child takes its first steps. Why? Because all of those first things that happen in a child's life, the beginning moments, are so important. It's not just a child's life that beginnings are important, are they? We think about the beginnings of a business. How many times have you walked into a business and they've had a $20 bill framed or a $1 bill framed on the wall, the first sale or the first dollar that we made in this business? We try to memorialize and remember the first time that we did things. Why is that? Because beginnings are very important. How things start are very important. Sometimes, though, you and I don't get to experience the beginning of things in life. There's a number of different reasons. Maybe we don't follow that path of life, so we don't experience that particular beginning anywhere. 
Maybe sometimes the case is that we don't experience a beginning because sometimes we're afraid to take the first step in something. There have been plenty of people over the years that have wanted to start businesses, have wanted to change occupations, but they never experienced the beginning of that because they were afraid to take the first step in whatever process they were going to be involved in. First steps can be hard. That's a reality because if you look at popular quotes, there are tons of quotes about first steps. Many of you will probably recognize the name Muhammad Ali who said this, Even the greatest was once a beginner. Don't be afraid to take that first step. Probably a phrase or a quote that you're more familiar with. I know you've probably seen this one or at least seen it on some kind of something etched at Hobby Lobby. This, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. This quote adds on to it, watch your step. Even closer to our general area, the southeast, a man who made great waves in the southeast, Martin Luther King Jr., said this, You don't have to see the whole staircase just to take a first step. First steps are very important, but sometimes they're difficult steps to take. In a child's life, the beginnings are important. In businesses, things are important. In our families and our relationships, things are important. But do you know the Christian life has beginnings as well? The Christian life has first steps. Things that we do that we must Step out and take a first step. Even though, according to this quote, we may not see the whole staircase. We still have to take the first step. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4 will be our consideration this morning. We're going to come back tonight and study verses 5, 6, and 7 together for the evening worship. What we're going to consider this morning is that just like every other area in life where first steps are important, Christianity is the exact same. In the Christian life, though, the first step is faith. The Christian life must begin with a step. Just like a child's walking begins with a step, just like a business begins with a step, the Christian life begins with a step, and that first step is faith. And that's exactly what Peter addresses in 1 Peter or 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. What we're going to talk about this morning is the faith that Peter wants us to have as we grow as Christians. Tonight we'll come back and Peter's going to give us eight principles that make sure we continue to grow as Christians. Let's read 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 1 through 4 and I've got three points I want to share with you based on that passage. First, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1 beginning in verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ... To those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord, Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises." So that through them you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Three ideas I want to bring you out of these four verses about how the first step of our faith is so important. And what kind of faith that needs to be. Peter addresses that in the very first two verses. 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 where he talks about the foundation of our faith. Verses 1 and 2 tell you and I that our faith must begin with Jesus. Did you know it's important what you put things on? 
the foundation that something stands on or the surface that you set something on is extremely important. You may not believe that. Let me share with you, with you a story that proves it. When I was younger, it was about the fall of the year, and we had a large uh, black iron fireplace that sat on a brick mantle in our house. And it was, it was beautiful. I mean, this fireplace ran right up the side of our living room wall. And my dad liked to build fires at night during the fall to keep us warm. Now, my dad left one fall morning, and my sister and I were home alone, and I said, I'm going to build my own fire today. My father had built a fire the night before, so I opened it. I mean, you knew when those doors opened, you would, they had these big, uh, you know, the coils that keep the handles from getting hot, and you creaked them down, and then I, you know, pull them open, I mean, and it would scream at you. And I opened the doors. And I went to the bathroom and I got a couple of towels and I laid them on the carpet and I began to shovel the ashes out of the fireplace onto the towels. I got those ashes all onto the towels. I wrapped them up and uh, balled them up, you know, like, uh, like, like a, a sack I'm carrying with me somewhere. Took them out beside the house and dropped that towel in one of those big rubber trash cans or plastic trash cans. I know you've got them at your house. And I started me a fire in the fireplace. My sister and I were so proud of ourselves. The fire was burning, the house was warming up, and she started to cook us some lunch. About five minutes into cooking lunch, we heard on the door, it was a man that looked like he'd been jogging by the house. He was standing at the door, and uh, we opened it up, and he said, I just want to let y'all know that your trash can is on fire. I walked out of the front door around to the side of the brick house and lo and behold that what was about a four and a half foot tall trash can was about a foot and a half tall now. And it melted. I'm sure to this day that melted plastic is still etched into that, uh, uh, the, the brick and the ground next to the house. It's important which put something on, isn't it? Putting ashes in a towel and throwing it into a trash can that's filled with trash is not smart. Putting it on that is not intelligent. You and I, when we begin our faith, we have to be very careful what we put our faith in and what we build our faith on. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 1, Peter introduces himself and he says, To those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. I want to ask you a question this morning. What have you built your faith on? What have you put your faith in as a Christian? We as people can put our faith in many things, can't we? We could put our faith in money. Many people throughout history have done so. They have put their faith that money would provide for them and take care of them. And in many cases, money does up until the last moments of our life. I think it was Queen Elizabeth II uh, that was famously quoted as saying at the end of her life, all of my possessions for one more moment of time. We put our faith in money sometimes. Sometimes you and I put our faith in men, don't we? We place our faith in people that can serve us, political leaders, people that we admire and respect. And then sometimes we build our faith based on them. The reality, though, is that men are not like God and they will fail us many times. You and I put our faith in money. Sometimes we put our faith in men. Other times we put our faith in love. 
that if I just find love, life would feel fulfilled and satisfied. And that's all I really need is just the companion I'm searching for. Sometimes we put our faith in position. If I just rise to a high enough level, then life will feel satisfied and fulfilled. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 1 tells me there's only one person who I really can put my faith in where it matters. And that person is Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 5, John says that in order for you and I to conquer the world, to overcome the world, we have to have a faith in Jesus. Who is it, he says, that has overcome the world? It is him who says that Jesus is the Son of God. My faith must be found and it must begin with Jesus. Titus chapter 3 and verse 4 has a very similar terminology to first, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 1. Where he says that our faith must be by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I can base my faith on Jesus not just because he was a good moral teacher. We've talked about that in our adult Bible classes before. Jesus was much more than that. I can put my faith in Jesus because he was more than just a wise man with wise sayings that I could follow his example. 2 Peter 1 and verse 1 says, I put my faith in Jesus because he is my God and he is my Savior. Thomas said just the same in John chapter 20. When he saw Jesus, he looked at him, he put his hand in his side, his finger in the holes in his hand, and he said, my Lord and my God. My faith must be built on, it must be put on the right thing. Or guess what? My faith will ultimately fail. The solid foundation of faith is Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 3. I want you to take your Bibles there real quick. Because there's a very interesting passage, uh, a principle that's mentioned in this passage. Galatians chapter 3. And it plays off of a word that Peter uses in 2 Peter chapter 1, when he not only says that you and I have a faith that's built on Jesus, but he says that the faith we have that's built on Jesus is of equal standing of the apostles. You know, there are people in your life that you may look up to them and say, I have not reached their level yet. Someone was telling me a story, I think it was Phil, about a man that he went to go play golf with a multi-billionaire. And when that man took him to play golf, he saw like some very popular political figures on the golf course like uh, Barack Obama and some others. You know what? I like to play golf in Tallapoosa. <laughs> I'm not on that level, okay? That is way above where I live in my station of life. There are some people that we may look up to them and say, I'm not quite to their level. Maybe we aspire to get to that. If there's anyone that we could look at as a human in the Bible and say, that person was on a different level. I think I could say that about the apostles, but Peter corrects me in that belief in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. He doesn't say our faith is greater than yours because we're apostles. He doesn't say our faith is more important than yours because we're apostles. He says, as an apostle of Jesus Christ, you have a faith that stands on equal ground with us. Galatians chapter 3, beginning in verse 25. The Bible says this, Paul writes, But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. The guardian was the Old Testament, the schoolmaster that brought us to Christ. Verse 26, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Therefore, there is neither Jew nor Greek. 
There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. When you and I build our faith on Jesus, we stand at equal level with every person of faith that has ever lived. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And that's why in Romans chapter 8 and verse 17, Paul says that when you and I are children of God, we are fellow heirs with Christ of the promise. The promise of eternal life, the inheritance waiting for us in heaven, is just as if we are the Son of God. We are fellow heirs with Christ. So our faith must be based on the right individual. And when it is, there are blessings beyond measure. But my question is, have you put your faith on the right thing? Or have you put your faith like hot ashes on a towel and thrown them into a rubber trash can? Our faith begins with Jesus. In the second place, 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, Peter says this. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Now, while my faith is built on Jesus, he says in verse 3 that God, His divine power, has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. My faith is not only built on Jesus, but my faith is made possible by God's power. In 2 Peter 1 and verse 3, he says that through His divine power, He has given me everything that pertains to life and godliness. And let me point you to the direction of what that means. God has given us His Word through which I can gain knowledge. And through that knowledge, I become someone, in verse 3, who is called to God's glory and excellence. I'll tell you this, folks. The Bible tells me that God's creation is amazing. You look at God's creation, the trees, the intricacies of everything God created, the design of humans, the design of animals, the way our ecosystem works, the way the universe works. It is divinely from God. But I can look at the universe all day long and not know a thing about Jesus. I can look at the trees all day long and not know about the grace of God extended to me through the Savior. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 tells me that God just didn't give me creation to look at to know He exists. He gave me in His divine power everything that pertains to life and godliness. That through knowledge I can come to know God and be called as one who deserves His glory and excellence. That we are through Him called to His glory and excellence. God through His power has ensured that I can know what I need to know to have faith. I don't just have to look at a tree and just make an assumption about who Jesus was, what He taught, or how He died. I can look into God's Word and read about the tree on which Jesus died. And the things that it teaches me and the life that it gives me through faith. So God not only tells me my faith needs to be built on Jesus, but He says, I've ensured that you have everything you need to know. To build your faith. Through His divine power, He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Those two things, life and godliness, point us in the direction of everything I do in life. Life is a reference to spiritual life. I need, everything I need to know is found right here. On top of that, God has given me everything I need to know to live a godly life. For a long time, we're going to talk about this word more tonight, so don't worry, we'll get back to it. For a long time, I thought the word godly meant I had to be like God. If I'm going to live a godly life, I have to be like God. That's not even really close to what that word means. The word godly doesn't mean to be like God. It means to have my eyes toward God. What it means is I'm living as if I know that God exists. I want you to think about this for a moment, folks. How different 
would our society be if people actually lived and believed that God existed? That their actions would be brought before God on the day of judgment. That the way they treat their neighbor and their friend and their family actually matters. That the way they love their spouse actually matters. That the way we interact with people that don't know God actually matters. How different would the world be if people actually lived in a godly way? Not saying they are like God, saying that they live with an eye toward God. In God's word, it gives me everything I need to know about how to live that way. It is through knowledge that God calls me to his glory and his excellence. God's power makes my faith possible. It makes my faith real so that I can live this life to please him. But the Bible doesn't just tell me that this life is filled with what I need to know. But the Bible also tells me more than just this life. That my faith is motivated by God's promises. Faith matters for this life, but faith also matters for the life that we will live in eternity. The life beyond the grave. And so in verse 4 he says, By which, that is through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us precious and very great promises, so that through them you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Now, a couple of months ago, we went through a sermon series where we followed this word precious in the Bible. And this is where I got that sermon from, was 2 Peter chapter 1, where Peter begins to use the word precious. I know that there are things in your life that you consider to be precious, that you hold as valuable, that you look at and you say, those things are worthy of my attention and my care. The Bible tells me here that the promises of God are great and precious. My faith begins with Jesus, who he is and what he did. And through God's power, my faith can become real and solidified. Because I know everything I need to know right here. God gives me the answers of life here. The wisdom I need, the discretion I need, the prudence I need to live a life according to God. Right here. And in here, I read about the promises that make my faith worthwhile. Faith in Jesus would not be worth anything if it were not worthwhile. If there were not something that I was having faith in. You and I don't just come here because it's a social experiment. We don't come to the building because this is something we know we ought to do. Why do we come together with the church and worship God? Why do we live our lives the way we do? It's got to be for something more than just what's right here or it doesn't seem worth it. But the Bible says it is because there's something beyond what's right here. There are promises that God has made me. And those promises are precious and great. A couple of passages I want you to consider. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 19, this passage tells me that not only are the promises of God precious, but the promises are based on the blood of Jesus. And 1 Peter 1.19 says the blood of Jesus is precious. So I should consider the blood of Jesus precious. Take your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I had heard a song some time ago that used this passage. And uh, admittedly, I didn't even know that that song was based on this passage. And I can't remember where I heard it, but it reverberates in my mind. When I read this, I was like, that's where they got those lyrics was from this passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. I want you to listen to how Paul talks about the promises of God when they're founded in Jesus. Verse 18, as surely as God is faithful, 
Our word for you has not been yes and no. Flip floppy, lukewarm, on one side of the fence, on the other side of the fence. It's not been yes and no. Verse four, uh, 19. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaim among you, Silvanus and Timothy and I, was not yes and no, but in him, that is in Jesus, it is always yes. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. And it is God who established us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. The Bible tells me that while man's promises may be yes and no, yes and no, you've experienced this, a promise is yes and no. Yeah, yeah, it could be yeah, or it could be no. They could hold up that promise, or they could back out of that promise. And there's really no way to guarantee that you're going to know any person is going to uphold their promise or back out of their promise. But 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says, when I find a promise in God that is based on Jesus, it's never yes and no. It is always yes. God's promises should make my faith stronger because I know that one day, I will be with him. And that promise is always a yes. John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus said, I'm going away from you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. We know that that promise means to us that Jesus is coming back. He said in another place, I've gone to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. God has given us promises that in found, when they're founded in Jesus, when my faith is built on Jesus, when it's not... Ashes put on a towel tossed in a trash can. When my faith is built on Jesus and when it's founded in the principles of the knowledge of him who calls me to his own excellence and glory, those promises find their yes in Christ and I have an assurance of a home in heaven. You see, first steps are very powerful. My question is this morning, what does your Christian first step look like? Does it look like 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4? A faith that is based on the right thing. Not based on the wrong thing, where in a few minutes you'll walk out and find it in, in flames. Reduced to nothing, as if it had no sustenance to it, no, no substance. Is your faith founded on the right foundation? Is in that foundation it nurtured through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own excellence and glory? Is your faith something that not only looks to the moments of this life where I know how to live godly. I know how to live life spiritually today. I know how to live with my eye towards God that I'm going I'm to follow him and serve him. But my faith looks beyond that. To a promise that when it's founded in God is never yes and no. It is always yes. Maybe you need to take that first step again this morning because you put your faith in money or men or power or love. You put your faith in something else besides God and you feel like it's burning up in flames now because there's no substance to it. And you say, I want to actually put it on that which matters and counts. Maybe the case is that you never took the first step of faith and so you don't find promises to be answered yes. You don't find the surety of living a life faithful to God. You don't find the peace that's associated with that. 
You feel like you're living in a crisis, a constant whirlwind of trying to avoid the world or give in to the world. And you say, you know what, today I want to take the step in faith where I put my foot on the first step of Jesus and I know when I put my weight on it, it's going to hold me. Or maybe somewhere along the way, you felt like you wanted to do that, but you lost courage. You felt discouraged. And you fell down into a rut and you need to step out of it today and need the prayers and the encouragement of the church. In just a moment, we're going to sing this invitation song. And if you need anything, if you need to take your first step in faith by stepping on Jesus, if you need to know more about what to do next, we'll study with you. If you want to return back and say, I'm ready to actually build my faith on the right thing, or you just say, I need the, I need the, the, the prayers, the support, the encouragement of the church. I feel like I'm having trouble holding myself up. I need you to help me hold up. We have these front pews that are open. During this invitation song, you can come down and we'll talk to you and we'll let the church know what's going on and we'll pray for you. And then after service, people come down and tell you how much they love you and they encourage you. And you can take that first step. We're going to come back tonight and talk about growing. So make sure you come back and listen to what Peter says after this because faith is only the first step. There's much more after that. But if you need to take the first step this morning, please do so as together we stand and as we sing.